0: Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist at the Tuscaloosa News, joined as always by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. You can get Talking Tide at our web host at megaphone.com. Also, any podcasting apps you prefer, Apple Podcasts as well. You can get it there. We're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, we're all over the place. The Twitter feed is Talking underscore Tide. Give us a follow. For future drops of the podcast, Travis, we reconvene here after a week off last week uh, under some uh, interesting circumstances. You, for one, uh, not even uh, broadcasting from the homestead.
1: No, no, no. Made the trip up to Minneapolis for the weekend. Met up with the uh, the oldest daughter, the middle child, assistant coach, graduate assistant at the University of Nevada women's basketball. So. Big gathering of women's basketball coaches. You had the final four here in Minneapolis. I was supposed to head home on Sunday. Southwest had other plans overnight on Saturday. They're not a show sponsor, so I can punk them right here if I feel like it. (laughs) Right. Um, And so an extra night in Minneapolis. Good bread. You know, I tried to get the wife to go watch some Minnesota softball today. She wasn't all that excited about it. So (laughs) it's been a pretty low-key Sunday in the uh in the twin cities chase just like you though to
0: look at the local sports calendar oh yeah you got to stick well you know we were down
1: there at the awful hotel breakfast this morning and i saw some folks with the minnesota softball regalia (laughs) and so i immediately go to that minnesota softball schedule and the illini were in town Chase. (laughs) the illini but we didn't make it over there it's a cool town though minneapolis actually a cool town um we're kind of in the middle of the main campus for the University of Minnesota uh, across the Mississippi River. That's the thing that struck me, man. Mississippi River never ends, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, we've seen it together down in New Orleans. Far as you want to go. During the early hour mornings, uh, early hours of mornings, maybe on some occasions. Uh, but it's all the way up here too, man. Yeah.
0: The old man, the old miss. The old as Clark River. Griswold once said. <laughs> there you go, the Vacation. All right, jumping into a little bit of Alabama football talk now. Of course, the Crimson Tide just wrapped up the first scrimmage of the spring. Yesterday, as we record here on the Sunday Nighter, they'll be scrimmaging once again next Saturday. Travis, of course, this one uh, closed, except to, I guess, family maybe at the at, at the most. Recruits, uh, and, recruits. And, 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 re- and recruits, certainly, as well. Yeah, we can get into uh, that pretty uh uh, pretty impressive visitors for sure to Bryant Denny Stadium, but uh, nothing comes out of it publicly, really, except for a, a round of photographs and about eight minutes with Nick Saban uh, afterwards. And yeah, he had some interesting thoughts. He 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 felt like that. Uh, he felt like they turned to the youth quite a bit. Sat some starters, sat Will Anderson, uh, etc. So it sounds like uh, youngsters were all over the place. Pre-snap penalties, he said, drop passes mental errors, I guess that's what you'd expect if you got a lot of freshmen and sophomores on the field.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and it sounds like they got a good look at a couple of those
0: other quarterbacks
1: beyond Bryce Young. So a good day for Jalen Milrow. Ty Simpson coming in as an early enrollee. Want to go ahead and get a look at them. Had a couple of offensive line starters out, it sounded like. I would think that Nick was referring to uh, Darian Dahlcourt at center although we saw a lot of Seth McLaughlin down the stretch of the 2021 season and then perhaps also Emil Echior. So, you know, that changes some things. But you're right. I thought there were some interesting things about what you would expect, some good things and some not so good things. And uh, as much as anything, I think you touched on this, and youth, you want to get a look at those guys. And you also want to go ahead and get an idea of, okay, we've thrown some stuff at some guys that we really haven't had a chance to get a long look at. And these next two scrimmages to go along with Saturday, we're going to see how much of it sticks, which goes back to can they take the coaching? Can they take the game plan and not only absorb it, but then process the information in a way in which they're effective on the field? And you know that allows them as a coaching staff the opportunity to go into fall camp to have a better idea of who the legitimate guys are. When you start considering pecking orders, legitimate pecking orders at the different spots. But, you know, I thought offensively, you probably heard a lot of what you wanted to hear. And, you know, some of that probably had to do with Will Anderson sitting out, (laughs) sitting out the scrimmage. And even with that, we did hear Nick Chase mention that pressure continued to be a bit of an issue for the quarterbacks. And, you know, we'll see how that plays out moving forward.
0: Yeah, the offensive line certainly one of the biggest topics in camp, and so anything Saban says in that regard is going to be uh, sliced and diced. There's no doubt. Uh, Kendall Randolph, J.C. Latham, a couple guys uh, getting a, a look at at offensive tackle. Um, several others. You got the youngster Brockemeyer, uh, Dar- Damian George, who of course saw some action toward the end of last season. So uh, a lot going on at that spot. I, I'm interested to know if. Some of the interior guys that they're looking at outside, Javian Cohen's a guy they were looking played guard all year last year. They're looking at. I'm kind of interested to know if they're settled at least on who's playing where. If they haven't figured out who's at the top yet,
1: I think it's a mix of cross trainers. I think there's probably still Javian Cohen seeing a lot of time at left guard. I think uh, Damian George is a guy who's seeing time inside as well. At guard. That being said, we saw JC Latham late in the season at guard, and I think he's getting that extended look at tackle now. So, uh, you know, that Kendall Randolph can give you some different things from a depth perspective uh, on the offensive line and certainly at tight end. Uh, but again, when I hear Nick talk about on multiple occasions how pressure, uh, is still a concern for that group. It just leads me back to Tyler Steen, the transfer from Vanderbilt, who's expected to make his announcement, uh, his decision known here in the next couple of days, I guess, Chase. And, you know, Alabama's still very squarely in that mix. And right now, it's just, it's not all that hard to envision Alabama, like it's done at running back in this offseason, like it's done at wide receiver and even at corner, visiting the transfer portal to address that need at offensive tackle.
0: Yeah, Tyler Steen, a guy with more than anything else over anybody, Alabama's got its experience with him. He started thirty three games in his career. Uh, he, he's he started against uh, two national championship teams. Got to start at left tackle against the defending national champion Georgia Bulldogs. A couple of years earlier, he played right tackle against that unbeaten LSU squad. Uh, so he's got he's he's been through some wars, Travis and. That doesn't necessarily mean you walk in and take the job from somebody else. Maybe he's better than the next guy at Alabama. Maybe he's not, but he's seen more than any of them by a long shot.
1: Yeah, I'm not ready to go ahead and say Tyler Steen is Jonah Williams or even Alex
0: Leatherwood. I think there are still going to be some questions
1: about Tyler Steen, maybe more so in terms of power. Can he play with the kind of power that we've seen Cam Robinson and some of these tackles at Alabama? play with in the past but as you said it's undeniable the the documented history he has in the best league in all of college football as you said, you can go to YouTube right now pull up plenty of Vanderbilt games or clips from the last couple of three seasons and there's Tyler Steen on the field whether it's right tackle, whether it's left tackle he's played inside some so there's certainly a security in knowing if nothing else, uh, this guy is, he's capable, capable guy, uh, but he's, he's seen it,
0: you know, in, in this league. And, and that, that means a lot. No doubt about it. Alabama's offensive line, uh, along with the wide receivers, I think probably the two areas where people are most interested to see how things look for this team on a day, which of course will be on a Saturday afternoon as it always is uh, this year falling on April 16th. Uh, elsewhere, Around Nick Saban's remarks, Travis wanted. A, I, I I couldn't help but notice that his, his comment that the team doesn't have a lot of complainers got got a lot of steam, got a lot of pickup in the media. Uh, but to me, it was the follow up to that that was more interesting when, when he noted that uh, ha- having that that positive momentum and, and and having the you know all the rah rah. It happens a lot at the beginning, right? It's easy to have in the spring. It's easy to have in the summer. Harder to sustain, <laughs> said. Uh, which is code for sometimes you get past Halloween and guys have been sitting on the bench for eight weeks and it's a little. gets it's a, little a little stale.
1: Gets a little stale. <laughs> That's right. It's like a loaf of bread, you know. <laughs> And loaf of bread, make some good turkey sandwiches on Monday and Tuesday. Get back around to it Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. Turn it into croutons (laughs) for a salad. Maybe some breadcrumbs. What you do with that loaf of bread, what's left of it. Now, here's what I think, too, though. I agree, and you're right. That's sort of what you hear year in and year out when it comes to intangibles and leadership. But I guess where I take a little bit more, uh, add a little bit more of the credibility to it this time is that a guy like Will Anderson to me comes off as like a Rolando McClain type in terms of accountability, right? That 2019, you know, I don't know if Rolando was as precise or as elo- eloquent at the podium as Will Anderson is, but in the locker room and on the practice field and everywhere with that football team, there was there was concern when it came to Rolando and having to answer to him. And I get some of that from Will Anderson, frankly, you know, and listening to him and I, you know, there's guys that get up there and we've seen it throughout the years, as long as we've been around it, including some previous quarterbacks at Alabama that they could get up there and say the right things. And you just didn't really know if you bought it or not, you know, like if it was truly genuine and they had that confidence or if it was faux confidence, or that ability to lead, I don't get that sense with Will Anderson. And I don't take him to be a guy that is just going to sell that to the media and to the fans and to the public. And then once we get into late May, June, and then it's really about ownership on behalf Mm. of the players through the summer months. Yeah, I know you got the strength and conditioning staff. But that period, right, is as much about the players taking ownership as anything else. And between Will Anderson and then Bryce Young on the offensive side of the ball, and even some maybe you know non-stars like Kendall Randolph and some others. DJ Dale, it looks like, might step up some on the defensive side. I, I think y- you can take some solace in, in thinking that between the experience this team has coming back and just the personality of some of those key guys, they're going to be able to maintain it.
0: Will Anderson comes off all business. Yeah, you know, there, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. He, he, he takes it. He takes it all uh, very seriously. All right. The Talking Tide podcast moving on. We're going to take a quick time out here and thank a couple of sponsors. We're going to start by telling you about North River Dental Associates and Dr. Jack Smalley, that great staff of dental hygienists over there at 1100 Fairfax Park, right off of Watermelon Road for all of your dentistry needs. Porcelain veneers, cosmetic dentistry, pediatric dentistry for those kids, laser dentistry, endodontics. They do it all. The popular teeth whitening services. You want to check that out. Also uh, doing Botox and Juvederm treatments over there at North River Dental. You can give them a call at 752-3506 for an appointment. Get in there twice a year for that routine cleaning like you should. Or you can visit northriverdentist.com online, make an appointment there. It's North River Dental Associates.
1: I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. You know what's one day after A Day 2022? Easter Sunday. So you need to go ahead and make those plans right now, not just for eight day, but obviously. Easter and those special baskets for those special someone's. You're going to want to go ahead and fill them up with Peterbrook chocolates here. Outstanding stuff. You got the great peanut butter chocolate eggs there. The traditional chocolate eggs. They've got the uh, they got the peeps. You know, whether you're a big fan of the peep or not, they make for a traditional basket like no other. So you can also give them a call at 205 7520211. 7520211. The great staff there will walk you through the process.
0: Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Just a couple of weeks out now that Easter Sunday. Yeah. So, gotta yeah. get over there to Peterbrook and get that done. Finally, gonna tell you all about our corporate sponsor. That would be DraftKings. College basketball fans, one big game left. Villanova, uh, North Carolina for all of it. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook online. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers get bet $5 on any team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any College Hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook. What about that national title game quickly, Travis? What's your thoughts on that one?
1: going to be hard to top that second national semifinal from Saturday night at the Superdome as North Carolina nips Duke and sends coach K into retirement. Almost surreal that that situation played out not once in Durham to end the regular season, but then again in the final four. So It should be a great game. You know, I think probably, Chase, this is a perfect game for you. You still love more of the traditional big man on the block, and I think you're going to have that with both these teams, both those guys, uh, the primary bigs for Kansas and North Carolina. I
0: said Villanova, damn Kansas, right? Yeah,
1: Kansas. (laughs) And um, so I think foul trouble in the post might be a big thing. I I think the guard play – Bryce Love has been tremendous for North Carolina, but man, if Kansas's guards shoot it like they did against Villanova, they're going to be tough to beat. I think it's going to be a great game. It's hard for me to go against North Carolina right now. They're just they're a pretty complete team. I don't know if they're as deep as Kansas, but in terms of their primary guys, um, they're, they're very connected and and still very talented.
0: What do you think of the Maddox kid, real quick, before we move on to uh, Alabama oh, pro perfect. day and, yeah. and hoops? He's been huge for
1: for North Carolina. Uh, when you talk about transfer portal additions, uh, that's that's been key. I mean, I know again, I talked about Love and um, you know the other player, Bacote, uh, in the post for North Carolina. They've been great, uh, but he's sort of been that X factor, and he can do it inside and outside. He's got some freedom to kind of get away from the bucket, but with the in there, because uh, he can handle a lot of that, but yeah, he's been, he kind of, you know, he kind of reminds me of, he reminds me of John Fulkerson of Tennessee, but with a jump shot,
0: more right. range.
1: Right? right. But he does a lot of the same things, for North Carolina, that Fulkerson has done for Tennessee over the last twenty or thirty years, it feels like
0: he's got quite an arc on that three ball. Yeah, he does. Uh, I'll, I'll say this from watching him play in this tournament. And I didn't, I have I didn't see a lot of him in the regular season. Uh, wasn't even covering college basketball for for most of that. Uh, but he's more and more he's more of a liability defensively the further he gets away from the rim. Yeah. You know, you know, and uh I, I think I I wonder if Kansas might be able to exploit that a little bit. And
1: I don't know, but see, that's where Paulo Bancaro for Duke is a sort of a unicorn because at six ten he can make a guy like Manic come out on the floor and have to guard him, and then at 6'10", 250, he can use the dribble to get to the rim. Maybe Kansas has one of those guys. I don't know. I don't know them as well as I know Duke. Um but you're right that that's where he can run into some problems, but man, he's been, he's been exceptional for Carolina. No doubt about it.
0: All right. Moving on Alabama's pro day this past week, Travis, we'll touch on that very briefly. Evan Neal basically tells NFL clubs, go to the tape. Uh, not many, even first rounders. Most of them, Travis don't have the leverage to not do anything at the combine or pro day, (laughs) you know? Uh, but, uh, here, here, Evan Neal, uh, and, and, you know, good for him. He he's, he's got that. Le- he's one of the few. Yeah. Don't take me.
1: Don't pick yeah. me in the top seven or eight. <laughs> right. We'll see how that goes. He understands value, right? He understands, uh, what he has put on tape and he understands the position he plays. He's not a running back. He's not a guard. Um, you know, he's not, well, in some years, I guess you could say a safety, although the value seems to have crept up for that position he he's he's fine with who he is what he's done and um you know it is though it's still very interesting as you said it's it's just kind of something you don't see very often uh,
0: occasionally but it, it's pretty it's pretty uncommon for sure usually even the best of the best will do a piece of these you know a run here a couple right of there right yeah run the 40 not many guys don't run the 40 <laughs> you know he- at all healthy but, no, uh, no. You know, it, but well, again, but, and, you know, Evan's probably thinking I'm an
1: offensive tackle,
0: bro. Right. Who cares what I run? mean? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Although I will say this, the the, the clubs are uh, keenly interested in that 10 yard 10 split yard off splint. of lineman yeah. they, which they get off of the 40. That speaks uh, to
1: explosiveness and but, power. Yeah. But
0: Evan Evan Neal doesn't need that either. Look at the tape for that. <laughs> you right. know,
1: it, it's, it's a different sort of era. It's just, you know it's interesting because it used to be all about the combine, and guys would at least do some of the testing, right? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the on the field work. And now they've sort of deferred it to pro days. And now even at pro day,
0: yeah, you, know, you don't know if you're going to get much out of these think,
1: out of these top end guys.
0: I know? think we're trending toward fewer workouts in the pre-draft process, just in general. I really do. Yeah, uh, it, it's I, I can see maybe wouldn't surprise me if way down the road, it's really just for the third day guys who are looking to prove themselves more.
1: Right. So, Oh no, it, it's going to be more of a mid second through the seventh round type of right. procedure for a lot of guys. If, if you project as a top 30 to 40 guy, I would think in the future, I agree. I think more and more guys are, you know, look, come on, uh, you know, you know, I think we know this deal pretty well at this
0: point. Yeah, no doubt. All right, before we get out of here on the Talking Tide podcast, going to touch on Crimson Tide basketball just a little bit. Travis just on Holt. Uh, the Alabama guard goes into the transfer portal. Not a big surprise uh, given his minutes. Had a little disciplinary issue, I think, at one point late in the year. So uh, if I would have thought he might have been the first guy in the portal, uh, frankly, but he ends up being the third. Uh, and, uh, elsewhere, uh, NBA decisions, uh, coming about Shackelford says I'm gone to the NBA. And of course, uh, JD Davison with a decision pending on the NBA, Nate Oates, uh, went on a podcast, uh, several days ago and, and said that Davison is, is, I believe the quote roughly was he's, he's on a lot of first round boards.
1: Yeah, he is. And I, you know, I've kind of felt all along that his situation would probably fall in line with Josh Primos from a year ago where Primo went through the pre-draft process, and then when we got closer to that deadline a couple of months from now, he made the decision to stay in. So I think it's reasonable to think that J.D. will do the same. Maybe he'll go all in. I don't know. Uh, But I would think he would take more of that approach. Uh, but Nate Oates, as you said, he was on that field of 68 pod from new Orleans. And you no, know, even he said, I can't tell a kid if he's getting guaranteed first round money, I can't with a straight face or with a good conscience say, I think you need to come back. So, you know, where it gets interesting is for guys like Jaden Shackelford, there is no guarantee that Jaden Shackelford will even be drafted. That being said, Europe certainly presents some some attractive options potentially. And there's the G League. I mean, there is a path to right. the NBA that you can travel. I've made the comparison for Jaden Shackle for Dequin Cook, the former Duke guard who went undrafted six, seven, eight years ago, had to go G League for a couple of years. He ends up making it the NBA sticking for a number of years. So we'll see how that plays out for Jaden. But I think um it's certainly more of a a certainty for even JD Davis and, uh, than there is for, for Shackelford right now where the NBA is concerned.
0: I was a little surprised to hear Oates said what he said. Doesn't shock me that, that he's on the radar, uh, but I I don't think he put, he didn't play like a first round pick. He's no. got first round athleticism is what, is what his size, yeah. his explosiveness, the way he can get up off the floor, all that screams NBA. Right. Um, but, uh, not, um he played well for Alabama obviously a ton of minutes I think he was fourth on the team in minutes Travis but uh the the game needs some polish
1: it does and you know this is a guy in his first year at, at that level yes he played a very high level of AAU and club basketball but he also played at a very low level in Alabama high school basketball so I think you still see enough from him just in terms of explosiveness. And I like his awareness. What I like about J.D. Davison is whatever you think about where his game is right now, he comes off as a guy who it really, really matters to him. And not just in terms of his individual development. He wants to win. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I like his competitive nature. And so that's going to help him, I think, with clubs. Again, long, long way from a finished product but I do think again in terms of dynamic ability and projectability as far as a developer as a perimeter shooter and things like that and a willingness to do a lot of things that it takes to win I think that works to his advantage I think he's he's a first round guy ultimately I, I think the draft process is gonna love him I think clubs are gonna like his makeup and then as you said, his athleticism and, and those type of attributes are undeniable.
0: Elsewhere, uh, before we get out of here, I guess just a quick note, kind of along along the lines of what you were saying, Travis, uh, regarding Shackelford and the longer, tougher path to the NBA for some of these guys who maybe go undrafted. Uh, some I, I saw a report buzz my buzz by me today that uh, the Detroit. Pistons gave Braxton Key a contract. Here's, a, yeah. here's an example of a guy who's – who's. I couldn't tell you what he's been doing since he left Alabama. G League or Went, to, knows. went to Virginia. Okay. Transferred to Virginia.
1: Um, was – I think he won a national
0: championship
1: with Virginia Pro, a couple yeah. of years ago.
0: Right. Post-college, though. Uh, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what became of him. And then, uh, bang, he pops up, you know, with a with – a, Shot with when you
1: saw Braxton key, or at least when I did at Alabama, I thought this is clearly as close to a pro in my opinion, or an NBA player, not a pro, but an NBA player as Alabama had on its roster at the time in terms of skill set, mm-hmm. kind of reminded me a little bit of Grant Hill in college because he had size and he could handle the basketball and he could do a lot of those things. He could shoot the perimeter jump shot. Um, assertiveness i guess i would say during his time at alabama didn't see as much of that you know this was a guy who had the ability to take over games and at that point just didn't really do it then at virginia it's not really on one guy in that system um but you know for some of the same reasons i think maybe jd's gonna be more palatable for nba teams than some people might think uh when you look at him in terms of upside it it was always there for Braxton key, but that's, that's great to hear. I didn't know that. Yeah. Jamichael green still carving it out. Jamichael's gotten a couple of big deals in the last four or five years. Jamichael has done exceptional for himself. No doubt about that.
0: All right. That's about the longest we've gone on NBA talk here on talking Tide, (laughs) but uh, fun jumping into that for a few minutes. Thanks for joining us here on the Sunday night or the talking tide podcast. We'll be back. Uh, next weekend, be sure to join us for Travis Ryer, I'm Chase Goodbread, Tuscaloosa News Sports columnist. Talk to you next week on Talking Tide.